0: This is Omar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association of MTK Global. With me, I've got the beast from the East. It's been a minute, Anthony. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for coming on because I know it's been a, a difficult time for yourself. So, yeah, thanks for making the time. Yeah, a- and the, we have got to start there. Um, the whole world's suffering right now. Um, you know, the UK's faced one of the worst death tolls and really, unfortunately, in boxing, the main story... To come out out of someone who suffered it was you. You obviously tragically lost, uh, your dad and your nan within a, a few days. Um, so firstly, condolences to you and your the, the rest of your family. I'm sure the viewers will say the, the same thing. How have you managed to cope, Anthony? Uh,
1: just laughing it. You know, you don't know how you're going to respond to something until something happens. But um, it's life, man. It's life. Um, I feel like you just got to keep moving. Keep moving, keep moving. Um, keeping my focus on on the good things. Um, everyone always sees me laughing and joking. I've been trying to stay the same. When it when it first happened, literally the day it happened, um, I literally, I, I messaged my group chat. It's got like, some of my closest friends in there. And I just said, I beg everyone to be normal. Just stay the same. Keep bantering in the group. Keep sending funny videos keep banning with each other, keep banning with me. Uh, I just want everything to be normal because every t- the more you're reminded of it, the more you go back into that space. Even if it's even if it's for 10 minutes, you go back into that space of feeling down and all that kind of stuff. And the more you feel like that, you know, it's, n- it's not a good feeling. You start to get used to that feeling. I like to be happy. I like to smile. Even in my boxing career, I've always been the same. Um, laughing and joking, smiling, you know, whether it's negative reviews,
0: posit- positive reviews, I've always been the same. Laughing and smiling. That is true. I remember early on in your career when I was covering you. So, sort of, a lot of people had a, you know, negative things, let's say, to say about you. You'd always laugh it off, and you you haven't changed in that way, have
1: you? Yeah, man. I feel like when you're not being yourself, the 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 real you's gonna come out sooner or later. <laughs> and I'm I've just always been the same. Um, I don't hide. I don't. I don't act to be someone else. I don't do things for the cameras, I just like to be myself, I like having fun, um, you know, I like being a beast when I need to be, and at the same time, I just like to feel, have a happy feeling, feel happy, and it's about surrounding yourself with people that make you feel like that, um, you know, and, and, and trying to make sure it stays
0: like that. I'm sure you received a, a lot of support from the boxing community, and yeah, most definitely.
1: Even, like, a lot of people messaged me on social media, a lot of people messaged my phone, and um, I just, I even put up a post saying thank you, but it got to that stage where, I don't know, everyone's different, everyone does the things different. Um, every time I speak to somebody, it's like I've been avoiding people, because every time I speak to someone, I know they're going to say the same thing. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, I just want everyone to be known. Like, it happens. It, it's, it happens it happened to me, but it's happening to thousands of people around the world, maybe millions. You get what I'm saying, and their families—probably millions, millions actually—because it's people's families that are affected. And um, yeah, I'm just another person that's going through a a very tough time. You know, my condolences go out to all the other people that's happening to um, my other family members. And again, my heart goes out to people that are dealing with this day in day out. Not only now this now the survivors come about, and and people that we know are affected by it. This is happening to people in other countries. You know, every day they're dying from having bad water. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's about understanding life and just saying to yourself, you know what, whilst I'm here, i got to make the most of it um, and just pass on what I can. Do you get what I'm saying? When well, it's my time to go, so it's about always trying to say a positive. You need to, what's the word? You need to mourn. But understand why you're mourning. Understand when you're trying to be happy it's not that you're ignoring it but understand why you're doing certain things how you're feeling because what people try to do is try to forget about it and then it hits them at some point with me it's like I'm, you know you have your morning session not morning session but you mourn forward when you need to mourn and then you know just try and be happy do you know what I'm
0: saying yeah definitely you said that you want everyone around you to be normal do you think this is going to change you though in terms of how you approach your career is it nothing's changed it had not
1: you absolutely
0: not <laughs> Absolutely
1: not. No, this is not booze. <laughs> it <is not> doesn't booze. Because <laughs> I remember I posted a picture of having a red cup here. And then my comments, people were DMing me saying, you shouldn't be drinking alcohol. Shut up, because you don't know what's in the cup. Be quiet. But anyway. What is in the cup? <laughs> um, yeah, do I, um, I've always said, you know what, from my major decision to turn professional, I've had a mentality. Um, and that was to be the best I can be. This particular thing hasn't—it hasn't—it's nothing to do with my boxing. Do you get what I'm saying? My boxing mentality is to do with my boxing mentality, and um, this is to life. It's different. So, what I what I would take from this negative situation is to not to leave things for too long. Do you get what I'm saying? With my again, this is the same personal. want to go into with me, my nun passing. I feel like I could have made more of an effort. So that one affected me in a different way. I wouldn't say affected me more, it affected me in a different way because I remember growing up with a, she used to love Christmas. So every Christmas she will she make the most effort of Christmas. She loves Christmas and she loves children. So she wanted to see her grandchildren always um, um, she always bought presents. And um when I got old enough or got, got older, she used to she used to ask. I still used to hear that like, my cousins be like, our name was asking for you and your sister numbers asking about you, numbers asking about you. So the thing I'll take from it, I didn't make enough effort once I got old enough to go and see her and things like that. Do you get know what I'm saying? So that's that's the only thing I would take from it. Um but at the same time, life is life, everything happens for a reason. Um, I didn't grow up with my dad from the age of ten. So I'll say I was I was I was with my dad um, a lot until I was around eight to ten years old and then the rest of the years, up until I was around 26, um, I didn't really have contact with my dad. I saw him again when I was 18. We had a long conversation. I saw him in the gym, actually, because <laughs> he was healthy. You know, he used to try and keep himself healthy. And um, he saw me, and then we had a long chat. He dropped me. Um, to, I think I was going first skate at the time. We had a conversation. And then again, we lost contact again. We didn't really talk. So it was like, we wasn't close. And then when I started boxing, um, you know, he used to come and support, you know, we used to bring his side of the family. They used to come and support me and, and watch me fight and things like that. So it's like that's sort tripping off the, the connection again. Um But at the same time, like, when I talk to my mum, my mum's not got a bad word to say about him. A lot of people say, like, they make all these excuses and they feel like they they got, a, they're obligated to feel upset. Oh, my dad wasn't in my life. My, my dad, my this, my dad, my dad. You don't know how people's lives were back then. Do you get know what I'm saying? So I try not to judge I say everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't be the person I am right now. If my dad was around in my teenagers. I would be a complete different person. Um, so again,
0: everything happens for a reason. It's a good way of looking at things. Andy, what was in the cup, by the way? Huh? Yeah. What was in the you cup? Know,
1: have you ever seen, uh, You know, have you had the aloe vera juice? I've seen
0: aloe vera. I haven't actually had yeah. aloe vera before.
1: No, but the juice, the one that's loaded with sugar. No, no, no. <laughs> sugar and syrup because it's sweet. And it's got the little fake aloe vera bits. They say it's real, but it's probably fake, but it tastes nice. And I like putting put it in the freezer so it goes slushy. And
0: then you have a nice little slush. You're not going <laughs> to you? uh? not gonna get to sleep till about 5 a.m., aren't you? You're not going to get to sleep till about 5 a.m. Well, these are the times I go to sleep every single day of my life.
1: I'm just up all night. You know, my, this is another thing. My boy is here. I'm vexed about this as well. We're, we're, we've been doing this back ride, yeah? Because I was in my house, you know, just moping around. So my boys were like, "Come out!" Like it took it took like an hour debate to get me at the house because I was like, "No, nah, this coronavirus thing like there's no touching each other. Everyone brings their hand sanitizer, their wipes, wipes on the bikes and all that kind of stuff. No one's touching." Um, similar to when I go on my runs, that's what they try to um, do, let me know. It's the same. It's the same thing basically. So we go on a bike ride, yeah, go far. And um, we was doing 1 p.m. Why have they moved this to 10 a.m. when they know I don't like waking up early? We've been. I've been arguing in the group chat for about two hours before this phone call.
0: Why are you going to ten AM? Especially when you've got the aloe vera in you. you know what I'm saying, Andy. I've seen that you've uh, been going on these bike rides on your Snapchat. Let me ask you. Obviously, with this situation, you know, people not following social distancing rules is causing a lot of strain in the NHS and leading to deaths, unfortunately, in some situations. When you've gone around Stratford or whatever area you've gone, yeah, exercising, bike rides, whatever, have you seen people following the rules?
1: It's mad. It's mad. You know, some people, again, everyone's got their opinions, you know. Um, It's hard to branch it off because there's people that suffer with um, mental health, you know, there's people that suffer with depression. When people are losing family members and stuff, being secluded in your house Hearing your own breath every day, watching the same programs, you know what I'm saying? Same company by yourself, or if you're with people, it's the same people you're seeing every day. It's like, it's almost like you're in prison, so you need to get out. You know, the same thing as when you're going shopping, you know, I even put on my Instagram the other day saying, How many of you disinfect the things you bring back from when you go shopping? Because that, yeah. that's the easiest way to transfer chance, um, transfer the germs. I, mean, I, I get the spray and I'm, <laughs> I'm like an old woman. I'm spraying up everything, wiping it down. Um, but it's a similar thing. So when I'm going on these back rides, we just, you know, we don't, we're not all hugging and getting all close and breathing on each other. It's keeping that space, but close enough so you can you can talk. And, um, you know, you just have a nice little backfire. You know, still exercise. And um, the people I've been, people I've been angry with, people I see in a park having picnics, you know, or playing football where it's physical contact. And I'm seeing these people, I'm like, I know all of you don't live together. There's about there's about twelve of you. Do you know what I'm saying? I know you don't live together and I got to the point where I was gonna start saying something, but I know what I'm left. Like. <laughs> and I I I for saying something to somebody and then they come with this this unneeded attitude. So as so as just, just
0: see them, I do know what, you can't control everyone. You know what I'm saying? That could lead to further trouble to be honest. Yeah, definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> and there would be no social distancing guy. <laughs> All right, Andy. Let's talk boxing. Um, come on.
1: <laughs>
0: Obviously, had your fight coming up with Lyndon Arthur, What was your sort of reaction when you heard it was going to be postponed? It looks like it, you know the new date that it was set for it's not going to happen realistically on that one either. Um, again, this is
1: life, isn't it? It's life. Um, boxing is my main focus in life because um, that's what's changed my life. Um, that's my passion. That's just what I enjoy. So uh, again, I was ready to fight. I'm still trying to stay in shape, you know. You know I'm going for my runs, doing my my press ups, doing my sit ups. You know, I've probably done more of other exercises than when I was doing. I'm um, doing the boxing training because when you are boxing training, you're focused on a lot of technique. You're focusing on fitness and things like that. But then now I'm getting back to doing like a lot of like my press ups and you know, yeah, I'm running more. Um, I went skating today. You know,
0: I used to skate before. But skating on the road is different. I almost, I almost bossed my ass
1: today because <laughs> I went. I didn't realize you only know when a hill is there when yeah. you go and down it on skates. I've run up this hill all the time. I run down this hill and it don't feel like a hill. But when I was on my skates, I knew I knew it was a hill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and have you heard anything from Frank Warren about uh, sort of private studio shows or anything like that, Anthony?
1: Do you know what? I haven't. You know, I've had a lot on my plate. Um, I've had a lot to be thinking about. So, um, I haven't. But, but I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to get it cracking. So, whenever it's going to happen, whenever it's safe... Obviously, us, us as boxers, we like a crowd. We like to... That's what boxing's about. Um, having a crowd and performing. You know, putting in a performance for the crowd. That's what I thrive on. Anyway, That's what I like. I like the crowd being there and, you know, hearing the screaming, hearing both sides... You know, it just makes it It makes it a boxing match. I feel like boxing without a crowd makes it a street fight <laughs> in a boxing ring. Like, there's a big difference. It's not a sport no more.
0: <laughs> I see uh, Eddie Hearn come out today and said that. Dylan White said, why don't we just go in a parking lot and just arrange fights? Eddie was like, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> that's
1: what I'm saying. Cause that, that's, what, that's how Dylan White grew up. you got a problem with someone. And I've always had that mentality as well. I don't, I don't condone fighting, but... I, don't, I also don't confide, condone knife crime, gun crime. So like, just like back in the day, and I think like tra- I see a lot of videos of travellers do this as well, when there's a disagreement and it's coming to that physical aspect, <laughs> go and have a little scrap. you got your people there making sure everyone's safe. When it gets too much, when someone's, you know, stop it. It's like, just like a riffle. You know, you got people there that will stop it and say, that's enough. You sort of saw that and uh, leave it alone. So it's an it's old school way of thinking, isn't it?
0: Definitely. Looking back at last year, Anthony, and specifically uh, the experience in Chelyabinsk with the Kovalev fight, what have you, you learned? So, what are your reflections on on last year, especially with that Kovalev fight? Do you know what?
1: Last year was fantastic, man. Like, I put I posted something on my Instagram saying, "Note to self, yeah." When you when you look back, because when you're when you're all when you're involved in it, you don't really look at what you achieved then. How your life changed, you don't really pay attention. But when I look back and I was like, bro, when I decided to start boxing, there were so much people that were saying, nah, it's impossible. When I first started boxing, I remember that was around the time where Kovalev beat cleverly and he destroyed him. And then I remember in my head yeah, at the time, not now, at the time I said to myself, this cat's dangerous, but that's the way I'll be doing and then I went no, he will be retired by the time I get there. <laughs> I remember saying that. That's, I said it to my boy, Stephen. And then, no my, no, my boy said, actually, my boy said, them kind of people will be retired by the time you get there. I was like, I'll beat him up. You get what I'm saying? That was my mentality. I was saying, yeah, them lot might be retired, but this is going to be up and coming. Do you know what I'm saying? And then around that time as well, this is about six months after, the Russian um, Olympic team, came to TKO, let's train TKO on kind of time when I stream with Tony CC. They came there and then someone took pictures of us and the Russian team and we were sparring, doing light sparring, nothing heavy. We were doing technical sparring with the Russian team and I remember I was sparring Batovia. I saw a picture, someone sent me a picture said, does anyone in this picture look familiar? So I looked at the picture I was like, "No." So I looked at it, I see Batovia's big head and I said, I remember this guy. <laughs> I was like, swear down that's him. I remember we done like a little technical spar. It's when I first started sparring. But Tony Cece was like, yeah, I remember. You, you know, was, was, you know, he was, he was in there, you was playing around. I remember, I remember. You see how time, you see how it all turns around. And then now look, I'm on, the, I'm on the world stage fighting. When they used to look at these things and be like, oh, I want to get there, I want to get there. I want to get to that stage where I'm fighting for a world title. And I'm winning a world title. The next time again, I'll win it. I probably even said it in that fight. experience played the part. Having 12 amateur fights plays a part. Having only 18 professional fights at the time plays a part. Because when you get into a new scenario, you've got to think quick on your feet. And when someone's had that experience and they know what to do in that scenario, you
0: know, it's, it's it becomes a bit quick, um, more natural to them. But look at the experience you've already had now, at such a young age, mm-hmm. going into, let's say, you know you need to get past Lyndon Arthur, of course, but next year, hopefully you'll fight for another world title. I'm sure that's the plan. And you've already had that experience in Russia against one of the best light heavyweights in our generation. You can't really buy that, Anthony.
1: So I'm saying. So when when that when that fight got announced, yeah, I don't care how many people were on my side. A lot of people, I'm sure, even some of my close friends were saying. Even I knew of probably were probably like, you know what that I mean? when well, he's like, yes. <laughs> don't forget him So one of my friends even said, "Oh, I watch highlights of this guy. He's a bit dangerous." I was like. Come out of all that negativity. I don't care about all that stuff. See what I'm saying? I've been faced with things on the street before. I don't. I don't believe in all that. And only after the fight, only after this, when you get to this period in time, when you're thinking back, I was like, well, I was fearless. There, there was no fear in me. I genuinely, but even even in the change room, if I don't know if you watched the um the BT sports thing or whatever in that change I don't know if they even if they showed it I was so relaxed I was listening to music I was popping my head I was midi rocking my boys were there was playing future. It was I was so relaxed and I genuinely thought just like I was saying in the buildup, I'm going to go out there and i want to knock over Lev out because that was my only choice I give myself choices in my head I'm like put this scenario into reality how are you going to win this fight the only way I was going to win the fight was my knockout he had the fight set up afterwards with um, Canelo big money fight I was fighting in Russia. He's the world champion. I've always had that thing in my head of watching old fights and saying, you need to take someone's belt from them. You. you can't out there and have no split decision and all this kind of stuff. He had the big money fight next. My only option was to go out and knock him out. So that's why when the eighth round came, full throttle. And I didn't care. I don't know, wasn't looking back. And I don't regret it because I, I like the way it ended rather than I feel like I've won the fight on points and they give it to him. That would have hurt me a lot more. So, you know, I put, I put my all in. Everyone so how tired I got <laughs> because I don't know how many punches I threw in that eighth round.
0: It's all experience. Do you remember what Buddy McGirt come and said to you after the fight in January? Said again. Do you know? Do you remember what Buddy McGirt come and said to you in the changing room after the fight?
1: Yeah, yeah. He just come and said he he was so surprised. He said that he was he's he said you were you gonna be a hell of a champion. He goes, um, he, he read up on me. And he goes, he thought the fight was going to be so easy because of my experience. And he said, you didn't make that easy at all. He goes, I was going to stop the fight. He goes, I was going to stop the fight. He kept calling me kid. He's like, I was going to stop the fight, kid. He goes, you're going to be champion. He goes, don't be disheartened by this. He goes, I was, and he said his record at the time, he goes, I was 20-something and old when I lost my first fight. And he goes, you will definitely come back from it. You will definitely come back from it. He goes, Tr- "He goes, trust me. And he went to turn and he goes, um, he's going to be a world champion. He's got the half of a champion. He just kept saying it, and then he left, and then that was it. Really.
0: Let me ask you about that spar with Artur i I had no idea about it. I'm sure a lot of people in boxing don't know about it. How was that? No, I can't
1: remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. It was, and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even class it as a spar.
0: Just a technical spa, um, was it?
1: It was. It was. They called it technical sparring. Um, I think well, it might have even been only jabs or something like that. Um, but. Tony Cicero was training me at the time, my amateur coach, and um, no one. We was amateurs, um, up on coming or I think I only had like two amateur fights at the time. Um, they were Olympic team coming over, so um, yeah, all different weight classes. I remember there was small guys. There was, I remember the whole team was there. There's a picture. I'm gonna try and find a picture. Actually, I'm gonna post it. Yeah, someone sent it to me. Someone that used to be like he's he's his son was training with us at the time. He sent it to me.
0: You've been on that stage now. You've felt the whole world title experience, a a big fight experience away from home as well. How much is that on your mind, that world title feeling again, although you have Lyndon Arthur in your way, aren't you? That has surely been playing on your mind now, like since the Kovalev fight. So you're breaking up a little bit, what are you saying? Go on. So I said, since you've been on that stage with Kovalev, yeah, the world title fight, big fight um, away from home as well. Since that moment, um, I'm sure the next world title shot has been on your mind, has it? Not even though you've got Lyndon Arthur to deal with. Um, I'm sure that's been playing on your mind, no?
1: The, uh, world title shots and world title stage and world title championship fights have, have been what's driven me. That's the stage I want to get to. That's the level I feel like I am have the capabilities of being at. Um, so, That's always in the back of my mind, but I also believe in stages, you know, um, obstacles. My next task in hand is Linden Arthur, and that's my only focus, I'll be honest with you. Just like I had the mentality of I was going to be a world champion, I said it from the beginning. So each fight I had up until then, I said all the other fights in the future don't matter. My next task in hand is the fight... whoever, whichever fighter is put in front of me,
0: I've got a job to do, and that's to demonstrate. What about those people who say you don't fight domestic fighters? (laughs) Me or you? That's what I say
1: back to (laughs) them. They say you don't. I say me or you. I even saw a comment on my on my on my Instagram because usually I don't see nothing. But you know, you're on your phone more because you're just at home doing nothing. So um, I see a comment and a guy said. I didn't like you in the beginning. Um, I thought you were ducking fighters. I um, I didn't like the fact that you didn't go the traditional route, etc. And he goes, but after the cover of the fight, you have all my respect. Um, I see big things for you in the future, this, that, and this, and that, and this, and that. Um, You've you've turned me into a fan. So, you know, you see things like that. And then, I've always had that in my mind anyway. I'm like, all the people giving me a stick, eventually there's going to come a time when I'm going to have to swing someone with um with a big name and I'm gonna I'm gonna I know how I'm gonna handle myself so again this is life. If you listen to that negativity, you don't you can't structure your career properly. It's cool as that. Amateur boxing is pure sport but professional boxing is sport mixed with business. And if you haven't got a business business aspect down to a T, you hinder yourself. You can be as talented as you want. If you don't know how to talk, if you don't know how to you know, if you don't have the right manager, if you don't have the right promoter, if you don't have the right... There's so much attributes that link this puzzle puzzle together. Do you get what I'm saying? So if anything's missing, it will hinder you. And when everything's linked and put into place, like if everyone does their job, and I, I need to do my job, do you get what I'm saying? So it's about winning the fights, structuring yourself properly, believing in yourself, and then great things can happen. Fantastic things can happen.
0: Definitely agree with that in the professional game. Look at the greatest of our generation, Floyd Mayer, boxer as well as businessman.
1: Exactly. And the, the difference between me and a lot of other fans, like some people were saying that you should have never taken that cover of the fight. It was too early. And I said, but bruv, like, the way I see things is it has to be risk and reward. Opportunity. If I didn't take that cover of the fight, then look, Canelo knocked him out. He wouldn't have fought me next. He ain't got no boat no more. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's about risk and reward. And Kovalev was, because of his pedigree and what he has achieved, at the stage of my career, like I weighed it all up. I'm like, look, I'm going to go out there and win this fight. That was all that was in my head. Very confident. Not not bragging, not, not boasting, Or not cocky or arrogant, but very confident. I've always been confident with myself. So I said, I'm going to go and win this fight. That is it. When I win this fight, my life changes. Do you know what I'm saying? And then I didn't really look at if I if I didn't win the fight. But since I didn't win the fight, there's only been positive feedback. Do you know what I'm saying? And then which also shows me that no one expected me to go out there and do that with Kovalev. No, like nobody. I don't care if he was my friend. <laughs> when people look at the reality of who I was fighting before that or the level of how I was fighting before that and what Kovalev's achieved and what he's done and how long he's been boxing, how many... Amateur fights. He had over too much two hundred amateur fights. I had twelve. He had thirty something professional fights. Loads of championship fights. That was my first championship fight and my 18th professional fight. So the odds were against me heavily. I thought I got them when I almost did. You know, I thought I had one way of winning. <laughs> um, I could have boxed better but I wasn't on this boxing team. <laughs> I wanted the locker. That was it.
0: Could you imagine, though, obviously as mandatory challenger, if you didn't take that fight, he fought Canelo and then the belt went away and then you didn't get a shot, people would be like, oh, look at Anthony. Swerved Kovalev, didn't want it ever. Mm-hmm. Can't win. You can't please everyone. No.
1: Exactly. And I've known it as well. Not only in life, but in boxing especially, you cannot please everyone. There's people out there that when Matt Tyson was active, there was people when I again I go back and do this thing, I research and I look at things. There was people that was on Matt Tyson's side and there was people saying he ain't fought nobody. And he was fight and he was someone that got his experience in the old traditional way, fighting every month, sometimes twice a month, up until he was I don't know how old when he won the title just before he turned twenty years old. Or just after he turned twenty years old. He had that that time and experience to to boost himself. Do you get what I'm saying? And there was still people that had bad things to say about him before he turned into um, <laughs> the savage of Mike Tyson. You know, people, even someone like Joshua, you know, who has done everything to the T, got all the good sponsors by speaking well, doing his job in the ring, etc. Before, even before he lost, he had people talking negative, saying he's boring. And then you got some people saying, like, you know, you can respect someone like that he speaks good for himself and all that kind of thing. So, You can't please everyone. There's people out there saying, no, no, I want to see the hood in him. I want to see the gangster come out. I want to see a bit of of grit. You know, and there's some people saying, "Um, it's fantastic. Do you get what I'm saying? There's people saying, oh, he's being fake. He's not being himself. There's people saying, oh, um, I love the way he's carrying himself. So you can't please everybody. You can't. It's impossible. Roy Jones Jr., he was the unified, undefeated, undisputed. People are still saying that someone
0: else will beat him and he's not good. It's banner. He's my favourite fighter of all time. The perfect fighter, Roy Jones. Roy Jones. Prime he R.J.J. was, was the
1: perfect, perfect fighter. What? Uh, you know what? This is something i of said about. Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. Made me nervous. <laughs> Did
0: you spot you never, him ringside?
1: He never made he, he was ringside and I saw him, yeah. And he kept looking at me, winking at me. Kept pointing at me. Like, is. And I was thinking to myself, Oh, I said, bro, that's Roy Jones Jr. That was my guy he didn't he didn't make me nervous, but only when I, when I locked eyes with Roy Jones Jr. and he kept like putting his fist up at me and pointing, I said like pointing at me, saying you can you can do this. That's when I looked at the crowd. Before that, I didn't look at the crowd. <laughs> and then was in the national anthem, and I looked at Roy Jones again. And it was mad. It was a mad experience. And That's when reality kicked in. I was like, "This is the world stage. This this is this is a big a big fight." And obviously, I was in. I was doing my boxing thing. As soon as that six round passed, I said, I'm going to start hitting hard. I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to start hitting hard. So again, it almost came off.
0: That's boxing for you. Anthony, uh, it's great to see you in a positive spirit still. I know, as I said, it's been a, a tough been. time. Um, again, condolences to you and, and your family and all, all your close ones. Hopefully, uh, we see boxing back soon and you back in a ring against Lyndon Arthur. Is there anything you'd like to add, Anthony? Anything what? You want to add? Anything you want to add?
1: Um, just everyone out there, stay safe, stay healthy, stay as happy as possible. Watch workout videos on YouTube, keep yourself healthy, try and have good food. Disinfect your stuff when you get back home. <laughs> wear your gloves, wear your, your. Um, take your sand sanitizer with you. Be happy, spread good vibes. And, you know, just us try and
0: the order, but please. Lions in the camp. You know <laughs> and you always make time for IFL. Thanks for speaking to us and uh, all the best the uh, rest of lockdown. Hopefully see you soon, all right? Come on.
1: Love.